Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 Podcast. It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Baka Baka Baka. We are an anime podcast. Every two weeks, we come together, we watch an anime, we talk about it right here, we discuss it, and then we turn the discussion over to our comments section so you, the listening audience, can do better than we do. Like right now, how I'm floundering, that's where you would come in, kind of. We watched the second part of Rising of the Shield Hero, episodes 13 through 25. If you have not seen it, if you did not listen to our last episode, we are going to be starting right in the middle of a story, so just full warning about that. Also, there was a message about Minnesota's and that. You should definitely go back and listen to that episode before doing this one. To talk about the Shield Hero, I need to introduce my co-host. First off, we have the Roland of Gilead to my Dark Tower, Jeremy. Is that the guy with the gun? The, the yeah. sheriff? Or is it... Okay, cool. The guy with the gun. See, I've never read it, but I saw the, the trailers, and so I know that there's a guy with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, very, very, very busy. Um, I've actually managed to make two games for the portfolio so far. Uh, a silly little Asteroids one and an even sillier... A little uh, breakout clone kind of thing. So it's it's been really crazy, but a lot of fun. I've actually had two complete games that I've never completed a game before. This is stupid and crazy at the same time. <laughs> nice. Uh, I I really like the Asteroids one, and I haven't I haven't got to touch the other one yet. But I will tomorrow. Yeah, Sweet. same here. Yeah, I need, I need to know if there's more bugs. <laughs> and my name is Troy. I'm the other host of this podcast. What's wrong? <laughs> Usually you introduce me next. But... Oh, this is the ultimate slight this time. Oh, I know, right? I see what happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the the new expansion to Path of Exile came out, and we don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. something Jerry O'Connell to my sliders. Jason, how are you doing? Listen, Jerry O'Connell is an underrated actor. And, was he and, the main guy in Sliders? He was the main guy in Sliders. Dude, he was awesome. At least I love that I, guy. Didn't he get replaced by an alternate version of him at some point? It was played by his brother. I thought it was his brother in the in the show. Oh, maybe I it, think was, it was. An if you have yeah. a show about alternate, never mind. I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to go into Sliders from 1990 right now. <laughs> Jason, what you been up to? Um, as you mentioned, uh, Path of Exile has uh, consumed my life. The uh, Cliff Notes version is they added tower defense. You literally come up to a lady, click a button, and like little paths come, and then the monsters come down the paths. And you can build towers along the paths, and then as you like kill that. and get points, you upgrade the towers. It's actually pretty fun. I like that. Fantastic. So see, hey, glad see? That nice that and short. Just for you, Troy. Right. I didn't edit that down. <laughs> They'll never know now. <laughs> <laughs> well, even if you do keep it short, doesn't matter. I had the power. Doesn't matter. 
Well, because uh, what are you? You're going to tell us about Call of Duty again? Oh, no. man. I certainly <laughs> realistic siege. Um, but also uh, Man of Medan, which is the made by the same people who made Until Dawn. It's basically the next Until Dawn, but not a connected story. Um, um, I, yeah, I, I've been watching a don't few. Don't you dare tell me a single too. spoiler. Don't you dare say a word. <laughs> I about won't. The story. Uh, let's just say. It feels like a lot of the acting was first takes. Let's just put it that. <laughs> so one thing no one's pointing out is this game is half the prices of Until Dawn. It definitely feels like it's not as neat and polished as Until Dawn. It's not oh, as dude. good of a game. But if if they're going to make a new a new game every six months, which I believe is the plan, it's a new game every six months, so twice a year, $30, a good cinematic story. I'm not looking for the best. I'm not looking for Until Dawn production, and I don't care if there's ones that are better and some that are worse. Oh, as long as they don't get worse. But I've enjoyed the story so far, and I'm doing the movie night mode with my family, so we each have a character we control, which is way different than Until Dawn. Until Dawn, I made a choice for one character, and I knew it was going to affect another character, so I might alter it. But in this one, I have my character, and I'm making the decisions for that character to help that character <laughs> And then if my wife comes in for her character and she makes a decision that's going to get me killed, that's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> so, uh, the, the, so the movie you're actually mode, getting to roleplay it then. Yeah, it's basically a multiplayer choose-your-own-adventure with that's cinematic cool. and quick-time events. That, that's really what the game is, and I, I absolutely love it. It was amazing the length of time between times you actually control the character. <laughs> So it's like Metal Gear Solid that way, where you get like these really, really long cinematics in Final Fantasy too. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's mostly just a movie that you have moments you get to yeah say <laughs> yes or say no, go left, go right, stuff like that. <laughs> All right, let's get to our anime. The second part of Rising of the Shield Hero. Let's do. Non-spoiler reviews. That's what the notes say. That's what we do next. Uh, Jason, what, what, you, what are your thoughts? What well-oiled machine, Troy? It's almost as if we've been doing this for a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this whole anime as a whole is fantastic, but this last half impressed me in quite a few different areas. Um, one, the protagonist doesn't do a lot of tropey stuff as a main protagonist that this leans pretty heavy going down road of um, harem. And it just doesn't, which is fantastic. Um, but also, you know, you get just enveloped and engrossed in some of these stories and then they just leave you on a cliffhanger or they leave four or five things that are just not talked about. And they, you know, now it's the next season. This the 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 conclusion of this last half was so satisfying to watch. Um, it left me wanting more, but I didn't feel slighted. And um, there was a lot of closure and a lot of new doors. So uh, yeah, this the writers learned a lot from previous as Isekai, and uh, it showed. 
and I'm actually really, really looking forward to season two. All right, Jeremy, how about you? Yeah, 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 to all of that. Uh, there was especially moments where um, something was obvious that it was going to happen, and normally that, that bugs me, but in this case, it was written intentionally to be that way, and I can respect that and appreciate that. Um, and, and it happened a few times, and also there was there were some execution of some theories, or at least we got to see that some theories wound up being true, and that was really cool, too. So, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this second half. Very, very good. Yeah, just to piggyback on what you guys said, I absolutely loved it. Um, I mean, Jason really hit it on the head. I don't feel slighted. I feel like character arcs arced, relationships reached new levels, of, and not just like with the main characters, especially the four heroes, how that wasn't just left as something like, oh, we'll just keep this as status quo forever. That Everybody's relationship evolved throughout this, um, it, and it's really satisfying to watch. Even when it comes to an ending, you're wanting more, but you, again, you're not feeling like, okay, yeah, but what? <laughs> give me give it <laughs> the answers I wanted. Um, and in that sense, I think the world building of this anime is better than ReZero. I like the characters of ReZero better, and that's my other favorite isekai. Um, but I think the world of this one and and how they're they're making their arc uh, was way better than ReZero. I think that's fair, actually, yeah. Okay, what did you guys think of the new opening and closing for this half? I still really... <laughs> actually, I liked the first opening better than this one, but I still liked this one. And I liked the closing better than the last one. So it kind of flipped it. But um, yeah, I liked them both. I didn't like the, the opening for the, the longest time. And then all of a sudden it was like a, a switch got flipped in my brain. And I just loved it. So, <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I love it now. It's great. The, the outro uh, didn't, didn't really catch my attention too much. I absolutely love the visuals of the intro of this one. Um, probably even better than the last one. The the rain, the shot of him looking up, of, of Naomi looking up into the rain, and the way his face is different than every other character who who looks into the rain. It's almost like wonder in his eyes. I love that shot so much. Whoever animated that, it's so well done. Um, but I do love the song, and I was like, this song is just as good as the first one. And then in one point, the song from the first one started playing during a battle. I'm like, oh no, it's not. <laughs> this song is so good. Um, and I, I think I did like this ending better. I, I like the way it focuses on their relationship and showing their them learning to read together um, in that final shot, which is a thing that happened in the storyline. <laughs> so yeah, I, I really enjoyed them though. Great opening and closing. Um, okay, let's drop the spoiler review. You, it's everyone's favorite moment of the show when I have to tell you to quit listening <laughs> if you haven't watched the anime. Oh, guys, this story just um, starts because if you remember, the knights of the kingdom were attacking Melty, and we were absolutely right. It was either they get the assassination off and blame him, or He's kidnapping them, and what do you know? They blame yep. him for kidnapping. Which is what happens. 
So that's I didn't even imagine that they would be recording it with the crystal. I thought somebody was watching that was like manipulating, but they were actually like it's their camcorder. <laughs> that's that was hysterical to me. And I love how they went home and they were like, "All right, time to put this through Adobe Premiere." Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Man, that's been digitally edited. They have digital screens in their eyes. I, I, like if they're so again, I I absolutely hate that they have a, a HUD in their eyesight, mm. but. I'll let the, the Adobe Photoshop pass on the video. Um, but let's go through our main characters as we get into the story. First, begin, we have Naokumi. What did you guys think of him in this art story chapter? The, again, the writers just knew what they were doing with this story. Um, Naokumi just shined as a protagonist. Um, a lot of anime protagonists, just... Their actions and their attitudes are so tropey and so well-defined across the genre. And now for me, breaks a ton of it, even though he stays somewhat stalwart. Uh, but I love that he's, you know, he, he's hardened, but he's also still heroic. Um, and he, you know, he softens near the end, but, um, you know, he he's got his moral system that he's kept since day one, and uh, it's it was in, it was enjoyable to watch his arc. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting to me too when when tropes can be executed well. Um, I really enjoy that, and in this case, they did a good job with it. He gets to be magnanimous at one point, where you know all these horrible things happen to him, and he can enjoy his revenge, or he can do the most. Uh, self-sacrificing and heroic thing and, you know, step in and, and not get that revenge or get less of it. Uh, and the struggle feels real when he's making these decisions. It doesn't it doesn't seem like he's, you know, uh, rock solid in his perspective, but he actually has to consider things and try to figure out where his emotions come from and where his his logic comes from and, and what needs to uh, what needs to happen. And yeah, they, they executed it really, really well. Uh, just just like in the first half, the fact that he's this heroic, giving, kind-hearted person who has to hide now because of trauma behind a shield of, you know, I'm here for business, I, I'm here to just do a job, I don't care about anything, um, and how they play with that and how they, they constantly poke at it. The characters who know him best are like, yeah, we know you're not really like this, we're figuring you out. <clears throat> um and how how it's softening and weakening over time. It's it's definitely interesting and, and probably one of the most refreshing isekai characters I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's like there's this moment where uh, there's a, another male character, and a lot of times when male characters are introduced in the isekai, it's 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 either as a clear competitor or as an underdog, um, or I don't know, just not very often that I've seen the relationship and the dynamic that they actually introduced here. And I really enjoyed it because there were there were moments where uh, Naofumi's uh, softening could be, it was evident even just by his expression uh, that, you know, instead of having like that reserved, untrusting, unsure view and an expression on his face toward this other person, he actually softened and, and smiled. And it wasn't something that I expected. It actually caught me off guard. And they wrote that into it as well because there were other characters that knew him well that were caught off guard by his reaction. And it just, it played so well seeing, like you guys were pointing out, his 
his shield softening and and who is this real who is the real now for me uh what's he really going to be like what is he really like what kind of personality does he really get along with and yeah, that was really cool so so many other isekai i feel like have their main character end up in the world and are like well i guess i'll figure out how to be the ultimate awesome guy here and i love that now for me like i'm going home like this is a means to an end to get back to where i belong and even though clearly in this story that's a, a plot point and it's something he's gonna have to face <clears throat> i love that that's that is an element of him that's so refreshing in a character that he wants to go home. I, I, I can't tell you every time he mentions, I'm like, that makes sense to me. Right. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to go home? Um, yeah. yeah. So next we have best girl, best <laughs> animal girl. Oh, Don't you dare say that. <laughs> She's an animal girl too. She's an animal that can look like a girl. Uh, Rath- you just said best girl, so I Rath- think that's what you What did you guys think of her in this path? Um, yeah, I thought Raftalia was... Uh, it, it's so funny to watch the mousy personality, but then realize that she's probably the best swordsman in the entire planet at this point. Yeah. Um, and you know, just watching that relationship between her and the main character, or Naofumi, is uh, was really, again, refreshing. You know, it because of his personality and his his standoffishness, even to the people that are close to him. You know, that doesn't particularly develop in the way we expect, or would be a tropey way for other anime. So, um, even though she may want more, um, he he definitely keeps it at a particular level and it feels very good, very appropriate. Yeah. She certainly has come into her own. I mean, like you were saying combat wise, it's hysterical that she's wielding a sword and she's winds up actually being way stronger than the, the actual sword hero. She she blows him out of the water when it comes to power levels over 9,000. So yeah, she's pretty cool. What my favorite character in the series, the way her arc has evolved. Um, her scenes in the last couple of episodes, especially when she meets a certain knight uh, who's talking crap and just, and she's on her own. So it's like one of the few times we get to see her like completely solo, making decisions for herself, and, and she just owns every scene she's in. Uh, she's, she's a fantastic heroine character. Um, probably a little bit needy on on the man uh but it's a it's a love story and, and i do ship it at this point i i've given in i, I like whatever she may be seven he, he, i don't know anymore but i i can't fight it um i did have to make that weird well i mean everyone's thinking about it if i didn't someone was going to you know it uh the, they they introduced a new backstory that we'll talk about, or, or more to her backstory, and I actually didn't really enjoy the episodes that focused on her in the middle of this anime. We'll, like I said, we'll get to them, and I'll address that then. Um, but like I said, the, and the, the last arc, she just really shone through, because um, I was thinking in the first half, they didn't have enough to do with her. She just kind of was there. Um, but yeah, she got to shine in the end, and I was really happy about that. I'm not crying. You're crying. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I even cry in your vocal impression. All right. Philo, the bird who pretends to look like a little girl, but is actually a big fat bird. Um, I don't know. She felt pretty flat as far as an arc. So um, it was neat to see her power up. Um, I liked her storyline when it comes to like succession of the next queen. Um, but, you know, I, I liked her in the first half and I liked her in this half. Um, she felt more of a plot device and storytelling bit as far as combat. But, um, you know, past that, the quieter moments, she was fine. Yeah, it definitely seemed like she dipped out of the forefront. Um, I mean, even though she had a a story beat, I, I don't want to call it an arc because, <laughs> like, I don't know, it felt a little bit arbitrary. Like you said, it's sort of sort of like a plot point instead uh, because it, it, I don't know, just a lot of the things that revolved around the conversations with the character that that she encountered and was very important to her backstory just felt awkward um, to me, but. Other than that, I did enjoy how much she was acting more like a little kid. Um, and I don't know, maybe maybe there were a lot of other things going on in the first half that it didn't seem that way to me, at least not as consistently. But uh, she she really, like, she was being goofy and asking silly questions, and there were lots of shots where she was just looking like she couldn't understand what was going on, but didn't say anything for and long I periods of time. And it was great. I loved that. I think I think there's a big difference between her and um, uh, Raftalia, and that is that she's an animal that can be humanoid, and Raftalia is a humanoid that happens to have animalistic traits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I yeah I think Raftalia is humanoid first, and then Philo is beast first that happens to be able to talk. Mm -hmm. Which I would say kind of puts her into that being a really, really little kid, even more intelligence wise. And, and we see it with the queen as well. You know, she's mm -hmm. more mature, but she still doesn't understand things. And she's also and um, doesn't remember things, too. <laughs> and yeah, and a very short memory because she's a bird. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that. I like that line. You birds don't remember much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I really. I enjoyed Philo's moments like with Melty and I really agree with Jeremy that she was she was easier to watch in little girl mode in this half. There was less cringy moments where I was like, uh, you don't need that kind of humor with a little kid. Um, I still love the big fat bird, though. Jumps in the water, starts kicking fish <laughs> onto the boat. You can swim. Yep. Apparently I can. <laughs> uh, so. But yeah, I agree. There, there wasn't. While she went through stuff in the story, her character didn't go through much change. Okay, and then Princess Melty. I liked her. Um, you know, she definitely played the adolescence part well, but an adolescence part with, uh, you know, a little bit of maturity beyond her age and trying to live up to her mother's expectations which her mother's expectations weren't, you know, out of reach. It was just, hey, I'm training you to be the next matriarch. So, um, plus, you know, her relationship with the other characters was really nice to watch. 
uh, watching her having to wrestle with, you know, what happens to her, her sister and her dad. Um, yeah, I, I actually <laughs> like normally little kids in these stories, like annoy the crud out of me. And <laughs> she, she was a nice addition to, to it. And I think one of the reasons was she wasn't a permanent part of the party. Mm. That also helped in reducing the sort of uh, harem smell that was yeah. showing up. When she left, it was like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't a harem. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the same thing. I really liked Melty. There was actually a, um, I got Tanya to watch episodes 16 through 20 with me. And um, she was asking me, she's like, okay, so how old is Melty supposed to be? And I said, well, how old do you think she is? And she says, I think, I'm guessing she's like 12, 13, something like that. And I, sure, that sounds right to me. And uh, and she says, yeah, then this totally fits. Because when you're 12, 13 years old, you could totally have a crush. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of her behavior was very crushy. And and it fit. It fit really well. Way better than anything Philo did. <laughs> right. And she wasn't walking around saying, I'm going to mate with him. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I... I, I in, like you said, I enjoy the fact that she dips out of the story. I enjoyed the the use of her, the way she's presented as someone who wants to be a part of the party, clearly has a desire to go adventuring, but is also, I have responsibilities and is trying to find that balance between that. Um, she's well, really well presented that way uh, and that their party is at its best when she's there. That, that She's not just... I'm the princess and I'm here. She's like, no, I have a series of spells that we can combo with. And, and I serve a purpose in the party. I, I should be here if I can be. Okay. I was about to say, cause they don't, they don't have a caster in their party. And so she fills that role. Well, yeah. Um, so from here, we, the, these, the party um, basically has to flee and they all become wanted criminals. He promises Melty. He's going to keep her safe. And they're being pursued by night. They're journeying to the mountains. They sleep in caves. She's like, let's go back to my dad. Let's talk this out. He's like, that's insane. <laughs> the church is after us. No, she, he, he doesn't know the church is involved at this point. He just knows that the church doesn't, isn't yes, does. pro them. Because they don't want him to like use the dragon shrine. No, because he finds dragon out it's the church. Thing. And he's like, I'll bet you the king and the church are doing it. And Melty's like... No, oh, that's right. No, it, my dad wouldn't work with the church. That's not, you know, he wouldn't be a part of this. And, and he's like, well, I don't believe you. So. It's because of, <laughs> of the the amulet off the guy who was going to uh, slice Melty. And he right. made the guy admit it and stuff. Yeah, that's right. right. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So they, they eventually end up in the mountains, but they do end up getting chased. And the both a bunch of soldiers show up and the other heroes. Uh, so let's talk about them. We have Ren. Itsuki and Motoyasu, the sword, the bow, and the spear hero, um, who go with, who kind of get all their confidence. Uh, oh my of. god! Uh, what do you guys think of oh, their, they, their stuff this time? They they get their everything just gets flipped, and and I I really liked it. Um, but it was interesting to see more of them because all this time they've kind of been history. And it's it's been kind of cool that we've seen things sort of from Naofumi's perspective because we spent so much time with him, but we're not seeing the way that they really behave. 
we're just seeing the glimpses of them that he sees and maybe like a thing or two here or there. We really get an opportunity to see how immature, selfish, and childish that they are in this second half. Repeatedly, they make bad decisions, they get into arguments, and everything that happened in the first half makes perfect sense now that we have the context of these kinds of behaviors. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was great. Really enjoyed seeing more of them. I, I did like how um, you know bow and sword. They're definitely not as blind as Spear, especially when it comes to like, here's an accusation. Here's what, you know, now for me, he's like, this is my side of the story. And then, you know, then you have Malty trying to murder everyone. They're like, wait, that doesn't seem right. You're trying to save your sister. <laughs> so. she, she attacked us. She's clearly brainwashed. We have to stop her. Fire, hellfire. <laughs> But, yeah, and then they're not they're unsure of whether to buy into the brainwashing shield or not. So um, it was interesting to see them try to get involved with this particular scene. But they actually ended up not really getting involved because they were unsure of how to proceed because they they were they, they were like, well, both seem to have credible, you know, accusations. Part of me wonders if they're worried that he's going to use one of his cheat modes against them too because they know how powerful the cheat modes are <laughs> you know one of my favorite things is, is when we get to the start of this story i was like come on ren you're clearly the smartest one here you know you can figure it out even Malcolm recognizes that calls him out personally like you've got to figure this out man i need you to think this through um but by the end i kind of switched on everybody i like motoyasu the best yeah, he's an idiot, and he's caused a lot of damage, but I, he's a good-hearted idiot. And to him, it's all like, water under the bridge, you know? Let's just let it go. <laughs> he has all, no grudge for everything that's happened. Nope. Ren is pissed. Every time Ren talks to Naofumi in the second in later episodes, he's like, how's that overpowered shield of yours? Ren's upset that I think he thinks I'm the main hero because I got the sword. I'm supposed to be mm -hmm. the number one guy, and he can't, he can't stand that Nalfumi is the number one guy. And, and I think, like, by the end of this, I was like, Ren, I don't trust you anymore. I don't know if you're the guy anymore. I'd rather hang out with Motoyasu. And Itsuki kind of bores me. He's just kind of always in the middle. Yeah. And <laughs> he also, just, he's the most childish. I, yes. Yeah. And to your Haven't point Haven't you about seen Ren, Sword Art Online? <laughs> <laughs> There's, oh, did they say that in the dub? No, I just I could just imagine oh, okay. what he's probably thinking. Like I should uh, be from in here. Um, in in the dub, there was or not the dub. I'm sorry. There to your point, Troy. There was a moment where Ren was arguing with Moriyasu. I always forget how to say his name. Spear. He was arguing with the spear, and he said, "Draw your sword." And at first, I thought that was that didn't mean anything. But the way you described Ren, that actually takes on a new meaning because all he's really thinking about is the sword like that's the most important thing the powerful thing and so it kind of a uh slip there right uh it, i'm really interested to see how because i you know i kind of saw hey they'll eventually make up and everyone will be together but they kept it interesting for further down the road what's also nice is you know it would have been real easy to go all three of them get buddy buddy and they, you know, help each other. And, you know, they're basically 
family and they exclude Nalfami. That's not what happens. In fact, there's plenty of infighting between all of them. It's just Nalfami happens to be being persecuted by the state as well. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I think uh, having their weapons repel each other <laughs> helps. <laughs> Still wondering how that works, but I'd like well, to see that more further explained. It sounds like their weapons are just as powerful if they're within each other's range. Their uh, power growth is significantly reduced if they're within range. So when the XP stopped working on the island, that was because they were close to each other? Correct. So like when they go to fight the waves together, they're just as powerful as they were anywhere else. They're just not gaining the XP that they normally would. Oh, apart. Okay. I got the impression when they were first introduced that the weapons actually have like a cannot be in the same party kind of thing, which which it, it did seem that way. Yeah, they couldn't be in the yeah, same yeah. party, but they can fight um, around each other without right. affecting mm. the power level. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, leading this whole shebang is mine or multi or who gets more names later that we'll save <laughs> <laughs> that we might not be able to yeah. say uh, we definitely <laughs> need to talk about her though what do you guys think of her development this this half I actually became more endeared to her <laughs> and and not in a nice way but in a I love to watch you fail way um <laughs> Uh, the way it's written is so satisfying um, because later on you feel for her what Naofumi feels like they did a great job with the writing and the animation and I was like I was on board with Naofumi the way he was feeling and to watch her get her comeuppance was way more satisfying than the alternative Um, and so I think I think watching the other heroes come to find out who she really is was a really cool way of writing her character. Yeah, it was like a really big release. The entire scene where where they're in the courtroom and she's got the slave emblem. Like that whole thing was just beautiful. And it didn't stop until the end of the whole situation and everything was resolved. It was just it was fantastic. Um, but at the same time, like you were saying that you saw things the way Nalfami did, the way that I saw it from the perspective of Nalfami, because I think it's I think it's the same thing. But but for me, what I got was the confusion. Like she's so horrible. She's so horrible. But at the same time, she's kind of pitiable. But she's not because you know that she's just going to keep doing her horrible stuff if you show well, pity. So they... what do you do? Oh. They foreshadowed it with Raftalia because he asked Raftalia, will ending this person's life bring you closure? Will it bring your friends back? Will it help mm-hmm. you heal? Um, and, and probably not, you know, kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Like you doing this makes you the monster that you want to destroy. Now, I do have to say I disagree fundamentally with that argument, but I do know what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I, I agree with everything you guys said except for where you guys argued and I'm not taking a side uh, <laughs> the only thing I'll add is you I was a sitter. little 
I was a little bit disappointed <laughs> that after her come up, she was exactly the same. Yes. There, yes, there, she was. There, there was no like, I'll try to be better or I'll even get more eviler. She was just like, I'm going to stay in Motoyasu's party. I'm going to still manipulate him. I'm just going to keep doing what I do. I just have a new outlook on life. <laughs> and it I, seems like the dad was doing the same thing. Right? Yes. Yes, he was. I really am going to rely on you guys. I really need you guys. <laughs> I love how the queen just rolled her eyes. She's just like, oh, I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, they end up getting into a bit of a fight here. And, and at first, it's just kind of a, we're trying to, the heroes are trying to stop them from fleeing. But at the same time, mine is like blasting them with fireballs. And everyone's like, hey, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. Can You're going to kill somebody. And she's like, oh, am I? I, I didn't know. <laughs> and, but they do end up managing to escape. Um, thanks to now for me using the raid shield again. Um, They they get away and they're visited by a shadow. So we figured out that those those girls with the masks and the capes that work for the queen they're called shadows. Um, and the I shadow com- a shadow comes and is like, <laughs> "Hey, you should go visit the queen." And he's like, "Why would I do that?" They're like, "You should do it though." <laughs> um, since he doesn't have much of a better option, he he agrees. And then mine burns down an entire forest just to give more <laughs> stuff of like, "Hey, they they did it." Yep. Um, also because it was supposed to route him, force him into a um, a different trap. Right. But it doesn't really pay off. Um, they end up, they do decide to go to see the queen, and on their way, Melty makes a suggestion of, hey, we should see the, the lord of this area, who's a nice guy, and his name is Ryan Knott? Anyway, he's a Purple hair guy with small glasses. Um, yeah, and it's it's kind. Of, there's some dumb moments in this anime that there are. We you know we glow about it, how great it is, but the fact that they're like we should go see that this guy and th- that guy walks up like, hey, I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> out of the forest. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a little odd. Well, yeah, and- I think one thing that upset me was, you know, Naofumi mentions in that moment his sneak skills off the chart, but he seems like a weakling. And then it's never touched on again. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, okay, writing department, you can't just say amazing sneak skills just to write this guy into the scene. (laughs) Especially given the situations that he winds up in very shortly. Right. And and the sneak skills aren't used in any way whatsoever. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's foreshadowed for no reason. Yeah. Uh, they end up staying with him. He's a, he's a very nice guy. He ends up being a nice guy. Uh, but he gets arrested after they stay with him for like a day or two by another lord named Raybeard, or Raybard, um, who's basically the opposite. He's a, he's a big fat lord who is evil. And, Loves torturing <laughs> demi-humans. Yep. And he, uh, Melty makes an appearance. He's like, I order you to take me back to the kingdom. And so he abducts her. Um, he's working with the Church of the Three Heroes, which is the one hunting Alchemy's party. Um, so this is all uh, off-the-books kind of business dealing, right? So Nalfemy and his party decide to go save Melty instead of continuing on without her. While they attack, there's a riot going on. They stop him from doing anything. And we learn 
Raftalia was owned by this guy. He actually raided their lands after the wave, abducted all her village and all, all a bunch of kids from her village, and then had been torturing them. She had come here with another little girl, and then when she had gotten the little girl had gotten sick, then Raftalia got sick, and then Raftalia was sold to the slave merchant, and then that eventually led to meeting Alchemy. I had issue with this storyline. One, when we first met Raftalia and her nightmares, they were about her parents dying. They were very specific to the, the wave. And now suddenly there's a new thing that we never had touched upon before that seemed like it was it seemed like it was just added at the moment to give her something to do because they didn't really have anything for her to do. And it also kind of re-shone a light on the morality of the whole slave thing. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, slavery is so horrible. This is the worst. But doesn't he still own her? Um, <laughs> She's voluntary now, though. Yeah, she's she, slave crest, though. Yeah, she is, but he still... I mean, literally, she was sold to the slave merchant from this guy, so that guy also must be horrible, and then just by... Being yeah, by comparison, by connection later, when we find out after the last episode's credit rolls, credits roll, there's another person that's connected. Right. It, yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. And it, I don't know, it struck me as she was so traumatized and I actually didn't even, it didn't click when I was watching it that they kind of skipped over or, or suddenly gave her parents the back seat to this. Um, but you're right. Um, what, what this said to me was um, all the things, the conditions that she was in, the behaviors that she had, the trauma, getting to see what she was like when she was in the village as a little girl and how she was leading, trying to rebuild it. And like, she was the one standing up on the box, instructing everybody else what to do and keeping their spirits up. And then it reminded me of the kind of, of person that she was after the torture and after the slavery. And well, really it was just torture. Like being a slave was just kind of a status for her. It wasn't like she was used to, to do any labor or anything. It was just the torture um, and the imprisonment. Um, and and seeing what that did to her and how much it broke her as a person, kind of the impact was made heavier because of getting to see what she was before. Um, so actually kind of, I liked what they did with this for that, but I do agree with you that it's very strange. It's, it's mixed up. I wonder if it has something to do with just the way it was written and choosing what to include and what not to include on the moment to try and create things. I bet that's probably what it was. Now I do like how it affects Melty. I do like I do I love the whole village thing, um, and, and how that plays into the whole plot. Um, it, it was yeah, it was just this moment, and again, it, it just because it was like okay, I thought he fixed your trauma, and that was like the whole first half was your guys' trauma being fixed by each other, and now there's just this whole another new trauma that we didn't ever get to know about. <clears throat> And also, <laughs> to rant a little bit, you know, at one point, Melty's like, wow, this kingdom really is messed up. We need to do better. And it's like, you're not doing anything. The slave laws are still there. Like, what this lord did apparently wasn't illegal. There's, he didn't commit any crime. He could just 
oh, that lord died, so now I get to go and take his people and do whatever I want. And no one's changing anything. To be fair, uh, one, Melty's involved, not the queen. Uh, Two, there's a lot going on, uh, including we learn about her relationships with the other nations. Uh, She's obviously got her family that she's having to deal with. She's got the waves she's trying to deal with, uh, plus her her daughter's out and about, and, and then all the other governmental stuff that she's got to deal with. There's a lot going on. This like is definitely Jeremy something needs to be addressed. The, the queen is directly involved with the slave trader. Yeah. No, no. What I'm saying is that yeah. obviously the morality of it hasn't been addressed from this point on. Obviously, slavery is legal. And what this guy's doing to these slaves seems to be frowned upon, but is obviously legal. So I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, I think it's illegal um, because we're seeing a lot of corrupt people. And I, I think he was corrupt because they were citizens under another lord. So there was really no reason for him to legally be able to go in. I mean, we haven't gotten their legal writs, so we don't know exactly right. what their rules are. But just logically speaking, of these were citizens of another lord, these two lords are not competing. They're not enemies. So is it legal for him to just go in and take them? Well, I mean, look at he was in league with the Three Heroes Church and <laughs> brought out a giant monster to try and kill the shield hero. So, like, this guy doesn't care about laws. So I take I, anything he does as, like, probably corrupt. Uh, I I think the only thing I'm trying to say is, is that we've got a long-standing legal uh, system mm. and systemic change like that takes time. I agree with that. Yeah. And and I think especially from Melty's exposure, it will be changed, um but obviously it's not yet. Okay. <laughs> There's uh, we don't have time to keep going further uh, so I'm going to let it go. Um, <laughs> basically, Rastalia beats this guy up, but then chooses not to kill him. Should have killed him. And then he trips over a whip and falls to his death, which doesn't end up being his death. They go down into the dungeons. Um, the boy that she was friends with as a child is there, and they manage to heal him. <clears throat> he can't believe she's an adult. That's weird. <laughs> Normal for us demi humans, but he's like, "Oh my god, you, you're you're an adult now." <laughs> You leveled up so much. Uh, right. <laughs> but her best friend, the, the other little girl that she was there with, um, is dead. And uh, Man, not- what a ballsy move to, like, have her skeleton be in the cell still right? for her to go to. <laughs> clutching like, the, clutching oh. the last item she was given. Yeah. That was, that was ballsy. I did like how they tied the flag into the meals from the first couple episodes. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when they they then start leaving, and that Lord summons a T Rex, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so now they have to fight a T Rex with armor. Yeah, with like bone armor. Um, so the. The nice, the good lord, he helps the kids and the other demi-humans get away while the Malcolm's party leads the T-Rex out of town. Um, they take him to a lake. And... I was convinced the little boy was going to die. Like, I'm fine. No, we'll yeah, take care he, of him. They were giving him the death yeah. quotes, oh, right? 
Oh yeah, totally. And and the oh. way he was acting and clutching her hand and like, no, 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 you go, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when the, this episode starts, even though this is all in the middle of happening, uh, we actually start on another character, uh, a young girl who is told by a fallopial, the chocobos, um, that a new a new fallopials. <laughs> what are they? Fallopials. I should change that in my notes. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was good. I like that. I like how that's been on the show notes the entire time and you just waited until I walked right into it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I didn't notice that. Oh, that's great. Anyway, this character's name is Victoria. She is the true Chocobo queen. Uh, <laughs> safe. Very safe. What did you guys think of her? I actually really enjoyed her. She was the 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 wise sage of this show um because obviously she 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 mentions that she's many generations old because she's from a shield hero of past um and also that apparently queens get huge oh my gosh yes uh because uh what when we first meet her she's the size of this t-rex if not bigger <laughs> in bird t-rex yeah She's yeah. like looking down at like, all right, what up? <laughs> right. Um, I loved her logic and her straightforwardness with everything she talked about. Um, and she wasn't super giving, but she also wasn't cruel. Um, it it was I, I liked how she was a nuanced character, even though we got a very short amount of time with her. Yeah, she seemed a little bit predictable with some of the things that she said. Like, uh, for instance, in the moment where she's really talking to Naofumi about resolving issues between himself and the other heroes and that he needs to get a handle on it and that the, she's laying all the responsibility on him. And he's saying, I just, I can't, this isn't, there's no point in it. I'm not going to fight that battle. I'm not going to win. It's pointless. And it, I don't know, it was really predictable to me when when she turned and, and it like it did the drama moment and and then I'll have to kill you all. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, come on. And then the next it wasn't bad. The next morning and everyone's like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I, all the birds I are think, knocked out because they ate so much food. But I think what was why I bought it, this particular scene, because you're right, that's, that's a little trophy from different anime. Um, she proved that she would just be able to one shot him the night before. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. And so it, it carried more weight when she was like, yeah, you guys need to be friends or you don't exist anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. Although it made me wonder like if they were, if they were taken out, then they'd have to summon in a whole new batch of heroes. Do they have time to grind levels in order to be useful? Or is this, just... I don't see how her plan could work even if she did wipe them out. Though I was, I was kind of struck, stuck there. Like mm, that's why she probably it. didn't want to, but she probably felt it was a better option than non-working together heroes. For for the trope of basically a god who's there to give you some ancient wisdom, some current wisdom, and a little mystery, I thought she worked really, really well. 
Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I liked how she has a direct connection with Philo. So now you're looking at Philo like, oh, God, like that's going <laughs> to be Philo someday. She's going to be mm-hmm. ancient and not remember where she came from, but just know that something important happened. Multiple um, Calyx. Multiple Calyx. <laughs> Calyx of power. I absolutely love Philo's like, will I get that, that big someday? Re- reminds me of a joke about a dog. And the owner's like, I'm going to put you on a diet. I don't want you to get fat. And the dog's like, what's fat? That's when you eat way too much food. That sounds awesome. Let's be fat. <laughs> uh, and and so I, I think she worked. And honestly, again, the world building of this anime is fantastic. And this is some of the heavier stuff we got. It's her talking about the cycle that she was from of the Four heroes fighting the waves, and I absolutely loved it. And the, I mean, we'll get to it, but the stuff about you gotta choose between saving the world or saving the people, I was like, oh, I was drooling, like, let's go. That's what my jam is. I was, yeah, I'm right there with you. I, okay. I did have one odd thing that I was wondering about because of the interaction that he had with her and, and her memories of the previous cycle. Well, I, we don't even know if it's the previous cycle, but a previous cycle of heroes, the one that happened to raise her. And clearly it's a shield hero. It's quite obvious. He's even wearing green and has a cloak. So like some of the similarities seem to to be very, very um, faded. And, and, and so one of the things I was wondering about was she, she makes that statement, you know, you have to be generations old in order to be my size. But then the king says, I don't want the shield hero to take away my family again. And presumably the king is not generations old. It makes me wonder if she's from a long ago iteration of heroes. And no queens have yet been actually worth keeping. And they've failed the candidacy test. Uh, I think a queen coming along is very, very rare. And... and I also like that it explains why Philo is a queen. If he didn't win a jackpot in a yeah. loot chest, a hero raising a chocobo uh, will make it a queen. Um, and probably specifically, it has to be a shield hero. I, I would probably. I wouldn't be surprised. I, yeah. I have nothing to back that up, but I just wouldn't be surprised. So I would just say it, it, maybe it's just a rare occurrence. But yeah, I don't think she's the last generation. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Is that she's from a long, many, many cycles ago. And I, and I wonder if all the heroes since then have made the wrong choice. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I don't know, though, because would this world still exist if the heroes didn't win? Oh, so when I say I think if the heroes make the right choice. <laughs> okay. Theory time. <laughs> I think <laughs> based on her... You have to choose between saving the world and saving the people. Saving the people is the right choice, but way harder to do. But if you do that, the world's end. Literally, like, multiple worlds will end, but you'll be able to save everyone from all those worlds. Because right now, we have multiple worlds fighting for survival, and you have to choose between, do I save my world and destroy theirs, or one or the other? But I think there's a harder third option of okay we're going to save all the people and the worlds are going to go down because so if you, you save any... the world you'll have mul- you'll have mass death mm-hmm. but the world will be saved and the people that like some of the people will survive so are there any theories about how we they would go about having their pie and eating it too or saving them all on a usb stick because this is all just a video game <laughs> 
I don't know. Exactly. No, I don't. I don't really know what it would, what that would look like. But based on the fact that we now know there's another world fighting, the waves are mm-hmm. literally someone else trying to survive. Um, mm-hmm. And that what she said, I, I think it's. I got. I can't choose your world or my world. I have to let them both go and find a third option. I just don't know what that is. There's a lot of interesting factors, like the fact that uh, those two characters were here before the wave started. They're in a different world, and looks like they're scouting it out. And how did they get here? Uh, the fact that he actually gets a glimpse into Glass's world and is like, "Wait a minute, did I just see her world?" So, like, there's some really strange. Uh, not quite tangible bits of information that are floating around and you probably have something there, but I don't, I don't think we've got enough information to, to actually see anything more than just an abstract idea at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to jump, go through the story real quick. Cause we've already touched on a lot of this. Um, mm. uh, the back in the dinosaur fight, the, the <laughs> Victoria shows up in her giant bird form and, and kicks it. Uh, what's interesting is it has a purple stone in its belly, just like Philo does, just like Nalfami has in his armor, uh, and the queen takes that. She's all like, hey, quit using that rage shield. That's dumb. Uh, <laughs> that... um, this go. was this was really refreshing because, you know, we have tons of Isekai with overpowered characters, and obviously Nalfami's becoming that with his leveling up and his rage shield. Come to find out his trump card, the thing that he needs to win really, really tough battles, is at the same time killing him. I love that. I think um, I think that was a great idea to, uh, to put a hamper on the overpoweredness. It's like, okay, I can one-shot this really, really hard boss fight. How many more times can I do that before I die? I better not miss. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, she takes them to their home. They hang out with all the birds. She tells them, you got to make friends with the heroes or I'll kill you all. Basically because <laughs> if you don't work together, you can't win. And if you can't win, we might as well hit reset and get new heroes. And the only way to do that is to kill you. And this is also where you find out all four heroes were not supposed to be summoned in the same place. Right. Mm-hmm. Every every country is supposed to get its own hero, and somebody broke the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, it, because he asks her about that, he's like, well, if you're so strong and the waves are that powerful, why aren't you doing it? She's like, I am, but I can't be everywhere at once. I need you to do your part. And, and then we find out, oh, they're supposed to be around the countryside in these different cities, to fight the waves at those places as well. So basically what that means is the basketball waves, they haven't had protection. They've had to fight them off themselves. So that's going to be super interesting to touch on in season two. Are they going to go to devastated cities because nobody's been around to save them? So I'm seeing a logical flaw here and correct me if I'm wrong, but when the wave starts, all four heroes get summoned to the location of the wave of the dragon. Uh, of the dragon um, hourglass that they've tied to. Yeah, they have to go to the dragon hourglass to get that teleportation. So if they connect to a different one, each one to a different dragon hourglass, they'll get teleported to whatever the wave is for that dragon 
hourglass? Correct, and that, that's why they went to C, because they all, so, it, it was inferred, it wasn't specifically said, but it was inferred that they went to the dragon hourglass underwater. Mm-hmm. They connected with that. So, when this wave came, I they got teleported. Jer- I see what Jeremy's trying to get at. So why did the queen not defend her land, but instead, instead sent all of her soldiers to C? And then that, that brings the question, are the waves localized? Yeah, and if the waves are localized based on the point at which all four heroes get summoned, then why would there be additional waves opening up all over the kingdoms on this planet? Because the wave's supposed to be at a location where the heroes can together. So, like, if oh, there's one hero missing, then the fight is magnitudes harder. Here's my like, idea. Okay. Um, they're currently all tied to the one in the capital. And mm-hmm. when he goes down, he ties himself to the one under C, he gets a new timer. I think the timer in the capital had a very large window. When he hit the one under the sea, it was 48 hours. Um, mm-hmm. I think each hourglass probably has its own timer, meaning that there are waves tied to each hourglass. Just a theory. Okay. If that's true, then that means that the waves would have to be localized, but the heroes yeah. would be summoned to the given point at which that wave is, which means that they wouldn't be fighting waves across the countries because each hourglass would have its own wave. Well, it, it, my point is, is that, yeah, the one in the capital went, they got summoned to that one, and sure, that particular wave was localized and not around the globe. But what happens when the one in Shield Free mm-hmm. clicks over, and mm-hmm. their wave comes, mm-hmm. and it's localized, the, and they have no idea that it happened? Yeah, well, I just mean that, like, she's not, she wouldn't be fighting at the localized one, or they would have seen her. Because if it's a localized one, she'd be there. So she's lying, or it doesn't work the way we're thinking it works. <laughs> what, um, not, can you can you explain it again? Because so, I'm not sure I follow. So the so the queen said that she's been fighting in the previous waves. No. If the waves are localized, when did she say that? Not 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 the queen. I'm talking about the bird queen, the filolio queen. Oh. And how they asked he asked her why if you're this powerful why don't you fight the waves and she said I have been. I am fighting them. So she, may, if she has been fighting them. Why didn't we see her if they're localized? Well, we don't know where she is. Yeah, she, but we do know where the localized wave has been because that's where all four heroes have been to fight but, the. But she teleports. She teleports the group to her sanctuary. Her sanctuary could be in a completely different part of the country. But yeah. that doesn't really reflect on where the the wave hits and she might not have shown up for ones that they were already at figuring that she's not needed there uh, or what she her idea of helping might be cleaning up afterwards mm. uh chasing down monsters there's room for interpretation there i think mm-hmm. and, yeah yeah i'd agree with that it just seems like a very it, it's to me it comes across as a logic flaw like there's something wrong because the heroes keep getting summoned to a particular location and if the waves are supposed to be everywhere then the queen just let all of her land-based people get completely annihilated while she sent her soldiers to sea. Um, so, I, I don't know. It's just really weird. I'm very confused. Oh, about oh no. I, I, so, I don't think, like, I don't think, like, there's 12 different locations having a wave at once. So like, when they're at sea, there's not also a wave over the land. 
there's like a, a wave's gonna show up here in three days, and a wave's gonna show up over there in twenty days, and a wave over there in thirty-five days. Um, and so they How have to many... bounce between the countries to get to each hourglass before it's don't timers. We, don't we have a specific number of waves that are supposed to happen? I, I believe it's like 12 or 13 or something. There's a specific number of waves. I don't, I don't remember how many there are. So that's why I was thinking that if, if there's a specific number of waves and they're missing waves, then they're not actually on the third or fourth wave right now. They might be on like the seventh wave or the ninth wave. Yeah, that, that is interesting. Because like my thought was like if, they, if he didn't find the underwater hourglass, mm -hmm. a bunch of monsters just appear and be like, okay, I guess no one showed up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. What does that look like? Um, but maybe it's something they'll explore later. Yeah, it's not fully fleshed out, but I think it can be explained. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's logic to it. I, from the information at hand, it's it's not clear to me. So okay. just uh, real quick, uh, try edit this. Um, there's a pretty <laughs> uh, crazy storm going on outside. Uh, my lights keep flickering, so if you lose me, that's why. Cool. So, anyways, go on. Oh, that means I'm okay. going to get a storm in a couple hours. Cool. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so the queen decides... Her action is, hey, I'm going to capture this princess, and I'm going to hold her ransom, and you have to go be friends with the heroes. He's like, I'm not going to. She's like, okay, I actually didn't really care about that. I want to fight Philo. <laughs> and, and she makes Philo fight her. It's a little bit odd because, like, now Femi takes it very seriously. He's like, she's doing this because, you know, I said no. And he tries to save Melty on his own, gets knocked out. And then Philo gets the emotion boost and he manages to score a hit. Like, oh, you passed. You you get to be the next queen. And now Femi walks up like, didn't you realize that was a test the whole time? I'm like, you didn't know. You just got your butt kicked into a wall. <laughs> uh -huh. He's like... He's like the guy that comes along and is like, I knew it was this way all along. I'm so cool. And, and also, I, I did like, though, that uh, Victoria turns and is like, no, I would have killed her, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I did think it was also weird that she burnt up her gloves there, and she does it again later, but her gloves are fine. Like, they're literally burned off of her hands, but she's wearing them again later. Oh. Huh. I, I did like this Forster to learn a new skill as well. I thought that was that cool. Was cool. Yeah. Uh, so she gets a crown, which turns into a cowlick, and your cowlick equals a power boost in your stats. Which is re really interesting is that, the, uh, especially um, Grastalia and Philo, have been level locked for this whole time. They cannot advance because they can't do their class upgrades that we talked about last um, Oh, uh, side geek point. Um, I think the reason that uh, Naofumi can keep up with the others is because I think the others increase by percentage, and I think Naofumi's shield increases by base stat numbers. Just a, just my theory. Is that POE coming in, huh? Oh, that's any RPG. <laughs> I mean, what's really interesting, though, is like when they were talking about how do you get your weapon strong, and they all had three different ways, and then Naofumi realizes that just whatever you believe in works. <laughs> well, so does your level even freaking like matter? <laughs> I don't I believe I'm 500. Like <laughs> yeah. No, because he had to unlock it, which meant it was there but locked, and he had to meet the conditions to unlock it, which involved believing, recognizing that it existed. 
the dub pretty close to what you said you to, <laughs> the dub he specifically said you just have to believe yeah uh, <laughs> oh no in the sub it was very clear that he's like oh you have to believe when one of the other hero tells you you have to believe them he yeah. might have said that <laughs> um he gets a power boost in his shields when he gets the Fololio series powers, and she also gives him a boost to help with the curse series so it won't corrupt him as badly. Um, and yeah, then they have that conversation about saving the world or saving the people, and she's trying to remember the hero that raised her and, and hanging out with him reminds him reminds her of hit of the hero she knew, even if she can't remember him. Um at the end of this episode, Itsuki and Ren are investigating the church. We've already seen them go to the church and pull out some documents, and they go to this cave looking for a special item. It's not there, and then a giant explosion just destroys the mountainside. That this was cool. Blew, I like that. that. Pun not intended, intended, but this blew me away. I was not. <laughs> I did not see this coming. Yep. The next episode, uh, they get teleported back to the main road. Uh, Victoria says, I'm going to literally put you near another hero so you can start with the reconciliation process. I'm a, I'm a little confused because some characters are like, you heroes have to work together. And some characters are like, literally, if we just beat the shield hero, this is over. <laughs> yeah. Fanatics. But if taking out one, because I can understand taking out one guy, but why not go after, you know, Ren or Odiasu? Are you talking about the other heroes or are you talking about the Pope? I, I'm i talking about the villains. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about Lark and Ter Therese and Glass. Yeah. They're like, literally, if we just kill the shield hero, it's over. And the good guys are like, you all have to be on the same team working together or this doesn't work. I think they're uh, just going after the most because I think they recognize that they're not going to meet their goal. Like the waves might not stop, but they're not going to meet their goal if the shield hero is alive. I, I more and more, I'm starting to wonder if you were right, Troy, when you initially made that guess that these other heroes were just party members <laughs> that got to be, they got to have the status of hero now. And so humans get summoned from another world to become them now. Um, and it makes me wonder if based on the fact that other people are coming to this world, he's not being sent out to other worlds. Maybe that'll change in the future. I don't know. But from the information we have, he's defending the world and what than a shield. So maybe that's just the way this works is the other attackers, because they have to beat it, all they have to do is get past the shield. They don't even have to worry about the weapons because the other the defenders are not attacking. So the weapons are weak, but the shield is strong. Um, whereas on the other side, if they even have a shield, because they have totally different weapon sets, completely different weapons. Okay. So I'm wondering if the shield has to do with his the nature of the connection in the waves. Okay. Uh, when they decide to just go through a checkpoint, get caught, you know, just explain themselves, and the hero does show up, but it's Motoyasu, and he thinks that now Fumi's the one who killed the other hero, so this and turns now into Fumi a doesn't fight. know about it. Yeah, it, it it's a typical situation for them. Mine's like, oh, I'm gonna make us fight. I have another spell that makes us sit together and fight. She has like 
four different spells that just create arenas. Um, she earns her names. Yeah, she does. Uh, we learn about combo skills, which Nephilim didn't know. He, he sees the other characters like using combos. He's like, we can combo? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what is uh, this, so, Proto Trigger? Yeah, so they start doing exactly. combo. So he, his party starts doing combo skills. Uh, and they actually win the fight, but then Philo starts freaking out. It's like, um, all the other soldiers just disappeared, and you need a shield right now. We need a shield. We need every shield you got on us, top above. Do it. And he does. And a giant blast comes down from the sky, and they manage to survive it. And this is where we find out Who's been the villain this whole time? It's the Pope. <laughs> of course. <laughs> this, the feel moment where she's like, shield everywhere. And she went and she kicked even mine and Moriyasu and everybody. She closer. kicked the enemies closer. She's like, get the shields up. Get... I loved this. This was yes. so cool. And when the beam this... came down, she said, executed perfectly. Everything about this so was perfect because yeah, Philo didn't notice anything about the guards. That was um, Raftalia that noticed yeah. that the guards were missing. But Philo had that like animalistic like there is a uh, like large scale event happening, and we need mm-hmm. to. It's coming from there. <laughs> yeah, get all the shields right there. <laughs> that was awesome. Um. Yeah, uh, we're 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 running low on time, so I I'm gonna mm. blow through this battle. But basically, the Pope has this super sword, a super weapon that can turn into any of the legendary weapons. He has all these followers who are providing him mana. I, I really like how they stood in like the shape of the, the their cross. I love um, the yeah. mechanics of this thing, by the way. And he's basically just standing on top of this big divot he made, blasting down on them like every couple minutes once he gets it powered up. Um, first, Modiyasu's like, "Oh, I'm I'm ready to fight," and then they lose. <laughs> Ren and Itsuki show up because they survived the blast thanks to the Queen's shadows, and they join in. That doesn't work. Uh, they start arguing. <laughs> Jeremy got upset. <laughs> oh my kind of understandably. god! Understandably, I do. I, I, the thought you had did hit hit me, but you can go ahead. It was DBZ all over again, where it's like, why are you letting him power up? What is wrong with you? But you didn't have Goku, who's like, I want him to power up. I want to fight him at full power. That wasn't here in this situation. They were, they were just, there was this sense of, we can't beat him. He's too powerful. We have to team up. But then they're like, they're turning away from him so they can argue amongst themselves like he doesn't matter. Simultaneously, these two messages are being sent to me as the viewer. He's so important and so unbeatable, but this conversation is more important. <laughs> I just, oh, it bugged me so bad. I mean, he even calls it out at the end. He's like, ha they let me power up. Oh, my <laughs> ultimate attack. And I'm like, oh, this is not the best writing. <laughs> For this part, <laughs> the the fact that they're both sides are waiting made sense. Like because they can't hit him because his shield is too strong, so they they regroup and try to strategize. That kind of made sense. But you're right, the fact that they're arguing and getting petty when he's literally about to strike another death blow uh, was a little. Mm-hmm. I did think Cathedral was kind of dumb, but that was just my opinion. I like it. I thought it was gimmicky and funny. <laughs> His ultimate spell is he makes a building around you. Yeah. And then he like fills all the yeah, and he fills all the mosaics with like himself taunting you. 
Um, one thing I noticed, I, I forget which hero it was. I can't remember. It's probably Motoyasu, but it might have been Ren. Um, declaring multiple times, isn't he cheating? You're cheating. Uh, it's really apparent they, that he did real, doesn't realize he's not in a video game. That he thinks this is a game. And that yeah. everyone has to play by rules. And, and that, meanwhile, that was Ren. Was that Ren? It, yeah. I think it was because Ren came from VR, so this is probably the closest to the video game for him, for many of them. So Queen comes to save them? <laughs> yeah, they, in, the, in the weirdest way. Well, right? we also get another raid shield moment. Uh, he says he's the raid shield, and he gets like the full-on dragon armor because he gives in to the rage. And the I, dragon... love, I love how the dragon's like, yeah, I'm rageful. But I am nowhere near where you are. It, it's <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we have another moment of of everyone grabbing him and being like, "Master, now for me, you are a friend." And he's like, "You're right, I am a friend." And he turns back to normal. Um, Why didn't just... the zombie thing take over Chocobo Girl? Why didn't it take over Philo? I was, I was frustrated with that. Mm-hmm. They dropped that. Maybe, yep. maybe because of the uh, uh, Fitoria's involvement maybe it's possible um yeah so basically the the queen's army eventually finally arrives they freeze the pope and ice even though he's inside the cathedral with them and then Nalfumi uses a new summon which is blood curse blood, sacrifice blood sacrifice and this is why you got to read your skills um <laughs> description this, yeah this thing literally tears you apart from the inside. His blood goes everywhere. It actually goes into the ground and then turns into this giant tr- bear trap monster. That yeah, it's like multi, a summon. Multi, yeah. Yeah, it comes under the, the Pope and crushes him. Uh, and then poor Nalfami is is wrecked. And they're like, oh, he's going to die. And the Queen's like, ah, I don't think he'll die. <laughs> That's Queen magic. Uh, he wakes up. And he has to stay healing for a month. Um, the queen visits him. So he finally gets to meet the queen. And he learns that, all, again, the heroes are, weren't all supposed to be summoned to one country. But the king, while the queen was away, uh, did so. So the queen's been busy going to every other country apologizing for the king's behavior. While the king's been running more amok. Um, and so she's like, hey, I want you to... We're going to clear your name. I'm going to pay you so much freaking money. And I'm also going to do this other thing if you come tomorrow and help me do it, which is the trial of the king and the princess. Uh, which We already touched on it. They put Slave Crest on them. All the other heroes are like, what's going on? Why is the queen here? <laughs> and you know what? As horrible as mine is, I I appreciate her commitment to her lie that even though oh she knows God. it's going to like electrocute her, I thought she was going to die. I thought she was going to have a heart attack because she would I not was, stop lying. I was convinced she was, she was going to. Uh, I was convinced she was going to break break, like and start yeah. telling the truth. No, nope. never, <laughs> never. I love how the queen's like. Of course, we have to put the slave brand on her. She's a pathological liar. And Mori also like, what? 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 No, not my party member. So all yeah. her all her lies and crimes are revealed. Uh, the king's manipulations. I, I do like the king is like honestly, I was doing what I thought was best for the kingdom and my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all. and I love how <laughs> Modiasu is in such disbelief. She's like, "All right, Modiasu, you put a slave crest on her and you ask her questions." 
Yeah. Yep. And now, yeah, that didn't go well. Well, and it's so funny because now Motoyasu has the princess as a slave because the slave crest stayed. So all this time that he's been criticizing and pointing fingers at Naofumi for having a slave crest, which his own party members asked for. I mean, granted, this is written, whatever. Whatever the writers wanted to make happen, happens. I don't care. The fact is, the characters they made asked for it, and I believe that they actually did a good job of establishing circumstance and behaviors and relationships, and it makes sense. Moriyasu now has the princess with the slave brand, and you know she doesn't want it. So who's more of a slave owner? Uh, Raftali asked for it. Philo didn't ask for it. Oh, yeah, she did. She's like, I want one, too. I thought she didn't want one. They, they, they're like, no, but you got to have one. No, no. She wanted one because she saw that Raftalia had one. She didn't want the relationship to be just Raftalia and him. It was a special bond. Yeah, I don't, I honestly, I don't remember one way or the other. I must have seen that wrong then. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, so they're sentenced to death. And they're put in the guillotine, and Nalfami makes the choice to stop it. And he goes out, and he's like, you know what? Death too good for these people. Let's change their name to Trash and Bitch. <laughs> yeah, and her adventuring name will be Slut. <laughs> oh, it's horror in English. Oh, it's, yeah, it's slut in the in the sub. This is great. I love it. This cracked me up so bad. It was super predictable, though. This is what I was alluding to earlier. Like, him standing up and rescuing them was like, yeah, this is the magnanimous deed that's going to show he's even more of a hero than we've already seen. But I liked it. It was good. It, it was well foreshadowed and well executed. It wasn't out of the blue. I think him having a nightmare at it, about it was a good storytelling decision to justify what we all knew what was coming. Is he yeah. having dreams or is he having prophecies? Because he also dreamt about visiting yeah. a village he's never seen before. Another shield power premonition. <laughs> so not only can he control minds, he can get visions. That's right. He's a cheater. He's a <laughs> <friend>. <laughs> um, and then the, the, the church becomes the four heroes church and he's celebrated as a hero. All the characters who supported him like show up as he's leaving. Melty decides she's going to stay behind, you know, and, and help run the kingdom. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go out and travel across the world. Like I'm supposed to and do what a hero is supposed to do. But he's, he leaves as a hero and he's never coming back. This was funny because this was another, this has happened like three or four times in this anime where we get a, a moment where it's like, okay, season's over. Wait, seriously? <laughs> yeah. It, it almost seemed like it was a chapter break, and I, I think there were things that happened here between this moment and the beginning of the next episode, basically, where I, it seems like he went and he did something, went on some adventure, did something, then a came movie. back. A movie yeah. took place. <laughs> exactly. Because this this just seems like goodbye. Oh, hey, yeah, we never actually left. Hi again. <laughs> it's Seriously. really weird. He's like, we're, we're leaving and we're never coming back. And the next episode, we are back. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, they yep. do come back to get their class upgrades, which I was thinking when they left, like, wait, you, you could get those now. You don't need to go yet. <laughs> yeah. So he gets those. Uh, they don't go to plan because Philo and Raftalia are both forced into specific classes that they didn't get to choose. Did they ever explain that? Mm-hmm. The queen well, said they, did, they gave some, some ideas. Yeah, the queen said sometimes you have items or skills that will force that. 
did did we learn what their class upgrades were? What class they chose for workforce mm-hmm. into? I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, the reason they're back is there's a party, and the the heroes need to talk uh, at the party. A knight decides to insult now Fumi to Rothalia, and he gets his butt kicked, and a huge fight breaks out. <laughs> Meanwhile. I- I do love how this, like, they annihilate the entire dining hall, and it's not even addressed. <laughs> yep, yeah. no one cares. No, heroes will be heroes. And then there's that one girl in the corner, please stop fighting! <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, mine, I'm going to keep calling her mine, uh, it's caught poisoning pie <laughs> to kill people, and uh, is forced to confess by my melty. Uh, and then the queen basically tells the heroes, look, you guys got to start talking and helping each other. This is stupid. And and Alphamie's like, she's right. Let's start helping each other. And so they start giving him tips. They're like, you can teleport here. You can fast travel. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also he can pick up any item that's the same weapon uh, as his type and copy it. And he can also create any item as long as he has the ingredients with his weapon instead of having to craft it. Um, and then they also, they start talking about how to make the weapon. I think we, we touched on this. They start talking about, hey, the way to make the weapon strong is this. And one guy says, no, it's this. And it's different for each of the games they came from, so they each believe it, how to do it is different. They all, all end up arguing. He walks away, and that night, he goes up to his shield and looks at it, and he unlocks what they said. And he's like, oh, it's all of them because they told me and now I know about it and so I can do all of them. And so he's like, I got to tell them, but that doesn't really work out. Yeah, I'll take them. <laughs> um, yep. He copies a bunch of shields from the Smith, which is hilarious. <laughs> Great they scene. Ha- oh, and the big thing the queen wanted to tell him is there's an Archie art. There's a bunch of islands. <laughs> <laughs> an Archie playground. <laughs> Yeah, an Archie playground uh, that is having an XP boost weekend. Uh, double XP. <laughs> I mean, come so on, funny. guys. That's what it is. Yep. So they have all the heroes are going to go there for grinding. And so they, but when they go to the ship on the way, they stop at Raftali's village and they meet two strange warriors who were there and also all the characters we met before are fine they're living back in the village and trying to rebuild it uh they get on the ship and the other heroes are mad at them (laughs) so they're forced to go bunker with someone else and it's the two heroes or the two adventurers they had already met which are the characters lark and therese they are mad but they say they're all seasick and uh they're like we can't we can't even stomach the sound of your voice. He's like, no, no, listen, guys, I can do this. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like Ren is also terrified of water because there's, yeah, there's moments where he's like clinging to the center mast of the boat and he's just yeah. like not letting go, even though he doesn't look sick anymore. Um, yeah. And so we need to talk about Lark and Therese real quick. Uh, Especially since we're going to find out that they're actually villains from another world here to destroy this one. I don't think it's that simple. I don't think they're <laughs> villains. They no. don't see themselves as villains. Yeah, they are technically <laughs> the heroes of their world. Right. And also, they're genuinely nice people. And they yeah. like helping others. And 
they paid Nalfami for his services. Like, knowing that they would be getting the money off of his corpse shortly. <laughs> I don't think it was that. I think it was, no, I don't hey, this world won't exist soon. Let's give him everything. That sounds pretty similar, though. <laughs> we just won't get it back because the world right. won't exist. <laughs> because this currency is obviously not I don't know. At, at, our, what, our at, what, at what point do you think they believed he was the shield hero? Probably didn't believe it until they were actually standing on the corpse mm-hmm. of that thing in the sea. Yeah. So in which case, they paid him generally believing he should have it. For the short period of time, he'd still have to live. Did you hear that? That was some nice thunder. I'm leaving that in. Dude, yeah, that, was cool. that was flash, less than a one count, and then bang. That we, was close. You might lose, Jason. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll keep rushing forward. Um... I really like these characters, though. Um, I thought they were going to be something generic and tropey and maybe just some comedy slapstick extra, like, hey, we need to put another mailing character in, and they ended up being super interesting, super well-written, and when they turned out to be villains, it wasn't a huge surprise, but it was a good twist. Um, I, 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 I love them through and through, and I can't wait to see where, what happens with them next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of scared to see what happens to them next because I like them and I don't want to see them die. <laughs> and I know, me too. That's yeah, that's kind of I the love projection both the here. Characters. I even like Glassy now. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So okay, I, I do have a confession to make. Um, when I saw the scene where they go back to the castle after they left and the queen has the fan in front of her face, I was like, "Is the queen glass? <laughs> Black hair, purple hair." Um. <laughs> Guys, did Philo get like a temporary stat boost from a, a rock on the ground? Remember yeah. they go read read the thing and then suddenly Philo can jump yes. like super high? Yes. yes. It may they, not even be temporary. It might be permanent. Uh in her so when when Lark comes up to them in in his screen, you can see the party members. There's a small symbol next to her name now. <laughs> uh, which I, I think was a this character oh has a God. That boost it's a right status now. effect. I love that. Oh, that's great. Uh, basically, they go grinding. Uh, at first, it's boring, but then they go and fight some harder monsters. They get some new gear from drops, uh, new sword, new claws. Then they go out drinking. Also, you should know that when you're out grinding on the island, you have to follow all MMO rules. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, they go drinking. Man. It's such an anime thing to have a girl get drunk and then have like a personality change, but seeing Rathalia go through it was freaking yeah. amazing. Especially when she saw the knight again, and then they're arm wrestling. <laughs> I was so I was I was loving it. Um, uh, so we find out that his like innate healing stuff from the shield doesn't let him get drunk. Yep. Yeah. He, he, even from he, the most potent stuff. So yeah, the, it, it turns into a big plot point. There's these berries that are like super alcohol proof. Uh, One it, makes a casket of wine, right? Not and they a have jar, to, which they have to dilute with water to make it yeah. drink, or a bottle, a casket. Yeah, uh, and he eats like five. Um, yeah, like candy. It's like these are really good. <laughs> Then they team up. They party up with Lark and Therese uh, after he makes her a accessory, with, and she uses a weird magic they've never seen before through her 
jewels on her jewelry. Um, and they go out fighting, and she actually casts like a spell that kills all the bad guys, but doesn't hurt him, and, and actually heals him. It takes away the pain from the. Mm-hmm. You also notice his screen's glitchy every once in a while from ever since he did Blood Curse or Yeah Blood Sacrifice. So if you listen to the incantations, yeah. in their world, magic is decipher the laws of nature, so they're calling upon the elements. Mm-hmm. She calls upon the gems themselves, and they're sentient too because they decide whether they want to attack. Right, because she asks her friends, which is uh-huh. weird. But <laughs> by, by the way, I, I do want to say I love even the regular incantations of spells. I love how you start like all fancy, and then you're like, "And kill this mofo in front of me." <laughs> <laughs> I love how her hair changes, though, when yes, she's casting. That is so that. rad. Her hair turns red. Because in, in, in the OP, she has red hair. And I was like, who is that? Because I've seen Therese, and I, I thought that's who that was going to be. But she has red hair. Oh, her hair changes red when she uses spells. That's so cool. Um, anyway, after that, they're have a. they like, hey, let's do this again tomorrow. And they get up to level 70. So they, they went from 40 to 70 in a very short time. Um, they're like, let's do this tomorrow. And Lark's like, yeah, not tomorrow. Uh, so they go to the beach the next day instead. Uh, and I was like, oh, God, a beach episode. And then it was like, no, we're going to keep going. And Philo's like, I found an underwater island. Let's go explore it. And they do. And it's where another hourglass is. And there's a wave coming in 48 hours. This fit so well with this anime how we've got the whole setup for a beach day uh uh yeah. fan service episode yeah and now for me he's like no we got business <laughs> yep yep back to work everybody you know the the santa claus penguin diving suits were a little out there <laughs> like they just randomly had santa claus penguins do you, do you suppose that was the weird drop that they got from that boss penguin because he's like i don't know what these are look at them and that guy's like that is weird oh, and we never got to see did, what they were they did That's see that cool i didn't yeah. i missed that yeah i that's what i thought that it was i love that they had buttons for eyes yeah <laughs> <clears throat> okay so he teleports back to the queen, tells her everyone gets ready for this next wave. It's going to be out in the ocean. So they take the, the ships out in the ocean. And they notice that Lark and Therese are on a boat out there as well. The wave hits. They teleport to it. Uh, basically, monsters fall into the water. Giant monster comes in. Only Nalfami can do anything to it. He tries to get set it up so others can attack it. doesn't do anything. Uh, Raphilia can damage it a little bit. But then Lark shows up, saves Melty from being abducted, and then, and so now he's like, hey, kill the giant monster thing, and he does, and they're like, hey, thank you, and all the other heroes are on it, and they're like, hey, thanks for saving us, and he's like, you guys suck, <laughs> and I'm gonna, and it turns out I have to fight you, because I'm the bad guy. Uh, he's like, I'm actually on the wave team, and I gotta kill the hero, and all the, he knocks all the other heroes away, he's like, they're not nothing, Therese is there helping, um, they start battling him. His weapon does reverse defense damage. So the higher your defense, the more damage it does to you. It goes right through alchemy shields. Cert- certain skills he has do, yeah. Yeah. So they, but Nalfami manages to outfight him with his party. Melty takes a little boat and gets out there to help. 
and then glass shows up and yeah they do have jewels in their things they they are the legendary heroes of their world and she shows him their her world which is like on fire or there's like a city burning she's like yeah my my place is going through a wave right now waiting for me to win here yeah which is weird because it, that means that they're in attacking worlds. So there's there's attacking worlds and defending worlds. That's just so weird. Or Yeah, and are the monsters from her world specifically, are they like pushing them through or is it random? They looked like the same monsters that her people were fighting. And Lark did kill that giant monster saying... He even I said, got, yeah, I got to do it first. Yeah, it's really weird. Also, again, why are they here early, Lark and whatever her name is? Yeah, before the wave showed up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, there's another really cool fight. Nalfumi versus... He goes and takes on Glass alone while the others take on Lark and Therese. Um, and he realizes he has a shield that specifically hurts her. <laughs> uh, it's his soul... Soul eater. Soul eater shield. So the... When he first fought her, before fighting her, he killed the Soul Eater and absorbed it and got a shield from it. And so this is a monster from her world. But even though he hit um, uh, Lars with it, it didn't it 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 made his arm go numb for a little bit, but it didn't do what it does to her, which makes me wonder what kind of hero is she? Because it seems that she's like a spirit hero. So when it hit Motoyasu, he lost all his skill points, which is what they used to do their attacks, even though apparently right. he came back right away. Um, so would that mean her health is based on skill points? <laughs> it takes I'm me wondering. to the it takes me to the witch build for Poe, where you have oh, everything yeah. be your mana, and right. when your mana runs out, you're dead. <laughs> uh, anyway, he um, he beats her, and then she gets healed by Lark, and she powers up and. Um, it all comes back to Path of Exile. Yeah. It all, it all does. Raptalia <laughs> joins him, and they're able to defeat her. And um, oh, but real quick, so he decides that he needs to fight her alone, and so he leaves Philo and Raptalia and Melty to fight Lars and the other lady, and the other heroes got blown away, and these three hold their own. And, uh, yeah. you know, they don't defeat him, but it's like, this just shows the power discrepancy between legendary heroes and his party. Yeah. Glass also points out to to Mark and Reese, like, um, he's he's holding his own with you, and he's not reached it. He's not using his ultimate weapon, just so you know. <laughs> You're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the way he actually beats Glass is this green-haired girl brings over these barrels of those red berries and they, they launch them and he makes them explode and they come down on her and he gets her drunk. <laughs> and and the, But then, again, just like last time they fought Glass, the timer runs out and the wave ends. And, and they get sucked back. Yep, it, and, and Lark's like, hey, we'll see you next time. Thanks, thanks for fighting with us. And they leave. Um... After that, they stay on the island for a few days. They add Rishia to their party after she tried to commit suicide after being kicked out of Itsuki's party because they blamed her for something, but really were just mad that she helped win the fight. Yeah. She was the one who brought the barrels over. Um, and he decides, like, yeah, we need to get a much bigger party. We need to do this right. And he goes to the queen. He's like, I know what I want for my reward. And so they go home, and he takes 
goes to get his reward, and it turns out it's it's Raftalia's village. He's now the lord of it, and he's like, "This is going to be our home base. We're gonna." They have the kung fu grandma there. She's yeah. like, "She's gonna she's gonna train the soldiers." The herbalist guy is there. He's like, "Yeah, I'm helping." Um, he's like, "This is gonna be our home base. We'll, we'll raise up an army here so that we won't be weak anymore." Uh, and then she's freaking out like, "You're only doing this so you can leave." And I know that. And he, and he says, we'll start anew. He doesn't declare he's going to stay. But he also doesn't declare he's leaving. Right. Um, but what I... So, a parallel I'd like to draw. This nearly same arc, this tiny little story arc, happened in Slime. But in Slime, it was awful. Yes. Here, <laughs> it was the best yes. payoff for a season story that I have seen in a long time. It felt so good that he was building a base. It wasn't just a village that he was like, oh, I'm going to pay Raftalia back. It's like, no, we're going to turn this into the most badass place in the kingdom, and we're going to raise an army and train soldiers. Like, I was, I was so jacked. <laughs> I, I had the exact same thought. This is so much yeah. better earned. Like, it made sense after everything he went through, and that there was a specific place that he would do that. And the people who were helping him, he has helped along the way. It wasn't specifically like, I like you. I'm going to help you with this one thing. Come to my village. Okay, how about you? It, it was over time, all the stuff he's done, all the good he's done, all the kindheartedness has earned rewards. And then it comes into Raptalia's storyline. It all tied together. It was all so neat and perfect. Yeah, and it was such a good way to end it. And they raised the flag, and I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, what the, of all, there's a lot of scenes for the epilogue, you know, just people going about their lives. The one that really caught me was that the one of the shadows is reporting to the slave trader, and he's all like, "Oh, well, that's interesting." So, yep. Thank you, my my greatest patron ever. <laughs> oh. Anyway, let's go to final reviews. Unless you have any more thoughts on this ending. Okay, final reviews. Yeah. Jason, what'd you think? <laughs> Uh, I, again, another five star. This is a five star for the Seth and the whole series. Um, I just enjoyed every episode. Um, sure, there was some kooky stuff, and but I love the theory crafting we're doing. The you're absolutely right about the uh, world building, and yeah, everything about this anime was just felt like lessons learned from other anime, and how do we do it better? All right, Jeremy? Um, yeah. I mean, things that I'm confused about, but I think it's just because I want an answer early, and I think they're going to be providing that answer at the right time. So I'm, I'm not really going to hold the anime to that. Um, I really enjoyed it a lot. I think they did a great job making everything matter, carrying him through this massive arc. I mean, 25-episode arc from, like, I want to be in this this new place that I haven't been in before. I mean, I've never been out of Japan. This is so cool. It's awesome. Oh, my God. This sucks. And now, finally, we're in the last episode, the 25th episode. We're starting anew. We've kind of gone back to that point. And it's very, very well done. Um, yeah, it's a five for me as well. That mo Yeah, that scene where it shows him in Japan and he sees him himself yeah, walking by with exactly. the cape. Exactly. That was so well earned. It was just felt yep. so good. 
Also yeah. a big call out to when Glass is explaining why she's doing what she's doing. I'm doing this to save my world. And he's like, oh, yeah. why am I doing this? Yeah. This isn't my world. He, he, like, he devolves into his sweatshirt and he's just like, do I even care? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, then, this... and then realizing it's his friends that he wants to save. And again, yeah. this is going to lead credence to world or people. I'm pretty sure he's going to choose people. Right. Uh, I, I, it'd be weird <laughs> at this point <laughs> to introduce that and not have that happen. But I do really want to see what happens. I'm going to give it a, a five star as well. Unlike the the first half, where there was a couple episodes I felt took their their foot off the pedal. There's only one episode I really had any squabbles with in this half, and so I thought it was just really well done. The arcs were so well paced, much much better, um, and I am excited for seasons two and three. Which have been announced according to sources. Yeah. Jason's son. <laughs> He's got insider information. Well, no, I, I, I did see that announcement. So, yeah. Uh, I think this is one of the few anime that we watch that, like, they took care with all the characters, not just the protagonist and his party. Yeah. So, yeah. Kung Fu Grandma. Give me more Kung Fu Grandma. Oh, Dude, yeah. seriously. Okay, so Absolutely. our next anime is. is... Kimi Rui Kimi Give me the English name. <laughs> I don't know. It's actually only uh it's it's about I'll read the description. The science fiction action story follows girls who fight with weird entities nicknamed Mushi and survive in a world of red fog and it looks like it's totally CG and weird. Um so yeah, we'll see. We'll see tell me tell goes. me how to spell it. K E M U R I K-U-S-A. Kamurikusa. Kamurikusa. Uh, that will be our next anime. It's basically called Marijuana. This is... Well, you know, we've had some really good quality anime. We had to... And it didn't last. time to come back yeah. to Jeremy. Gotta dive back into the well. <laughs> Scrape that right. barrel. I just kind of randomly pick something. <laughs> I can't okay. wait. If you would like to leave comments on the Rising of the Shield Hero or anything else we discuss, please feel free to reach us on the Twitter at Baka Podcast or email the Anime Baka Club at gmail.com or leave a comment wherever you found the podcast and we will try to get back to you. Thank you everyone for who has reached out to us and leaves us comment. We absolutely enjoy those. You know who you are, Real Gamer Dad. Yeah. Comments are the best, man. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's uh, let's say goodbye. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye now.